What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. It's the Full Goal presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every, that's right, every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Chicago everywhere, check it. It's not enough Chicago. We just don't have enough Chicago people. Jason Goff is here. Well, I'm at Full Go. The Full Go Podcast. The Full Go. Bears, Bulls, White Sox, Cubs, and Blackhawks. Our man, Jason Goff. Three times a week with Jason Goff. His mood is elevated. He is feeling good. Jason, I'm loving the Full Go. Love the Full Go. The Full Go. The Full Go. Welcome to Full Go with Jason Goff. That is what I'm talking about. Talking about. What up, world? You're listening to The Full Goal with Jason Goff, presented by The Ringer, a Spotify original. Yeah. Welcome into episode 331, 331 of The Full Goal podcast with Jason Goff. I'm Jason Goff. Hey, hey, how y'all doing out there, everybody? Shout out to uh, FanDuel. That's who this thing is presented by. Of course, put on by The Ringer and brought to you by the good folks at Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. We have had a little time off. Uh, your boy was running around and... Got a little sicker than I uh, anticipated. Had a little viral infection, a little bronchitis. Had to shut it on down, coughing my way through pregame shows. So we appreciate the patience that everybody had with the pod as we missed an episode that was not planned. And then we had our planned holiday break. And for all y'all out there who get this pod for free and who was on my line, remember, you get this pod for free. Okay, so when, when one episode goes missing, don't worry, I'm going to double up. I'm going to come back and make sure you're all good. But a lot of y'all was out here like, what am I going to listen to? You listen to your family. That's what the holidays is for, damn it. Talk to your kids. You know, go back and be a family, man, and stop, stop worrying about what the fuck the Bears are doing every damn day, okay? Now, now that we're back on the regular business schedule, it is a Tuesday. 
First of all, I haven't known what day it's been for the last four or five days because the holiday does that to you. So it is a Tuesday and it is drop day here for us on full go. Ah, we get a chance to bring in good old number 96, longtime Bears defensive end. He is our weekly guest, Alex Brown. AB, so good to see you. So good to talk to you. Hope you and the family enjoy the holidays. Uh, how's everything going, my man? Everything's good, man. Everything's good. Kids had a blast. Santa was good to them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Everything's good, man. It was, uh, yeah. Now we get to, you sit around, you eat, you like you said, you talk to the family. Um, everybody get off their phones. Like, let's let's <laughs> right. at least have a good hour or two, you know? So let's connect a little bit. Yeah, and then I'm telling as soon as you're that we're good, this burst. <laughs> it's, it's a chore. It's a chore. Like, y'all been sitting here, y'all been sitting here for the last for these two hours. Y'all been sitting here for an hour and a half waiting for me to say y'all get out of here. (laughs) Don't worry. Don't worry. But right right before it's time for everybody to have their own families and move along, that's Mm -hmm. when they're going to come back and be like, oh, I miss those days. And you're going to be sitting right there in the rocking chair like, I remember when I tried to make y'all hang out together. And now I can't get y'all out of my house. Me and your mama want to hang out with y'all not here, running around (laughs) naked, break dishes, and do the shit that we want to do. So don't worry. It's going to all come back. It's going to all come back as it always does as it all and shout out to everybody out there happy holidays to everybody mm-hmm. the end of the year is always weird right because we, yeah. we're happy that we made it to the end of the year we're trying to make sure we get out of here in these last couple of weeks because we know from christmas day on it is amateur hour outside and never mind whatever mm-hmm. new year's eve is going to be for all y'all young kyle i do not envy you brother at 24 <laughs> years old i remember what i thought was still out there on new year's eve and 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 god damn it if i didn't find out every year that that was not out there for me <laughs> so shout out to all the young folks out there listening to us as we sit here and tell y'all to get off of our uh, end of the year lawns ab mm-hmm. the end of the year for a football player who is on a team where jobs are up for grabs whether mm-hmm. it be the head coach's job the quarterback's job hell if you anybody besides the quarterback your job is up for grabs every single year mm-hmm. um handling holidays handling ticket requests and also handling your job w- what are the most stressful points in in an NFL player's season, and and is this time one of them? Yeah, this is definitely one of them because you, the, I played on a lot of teams. Um, I know we talk about the teams that we played on that were good. I played on a lot of bad teams that didn't make the playoffs, like mm-hmm. damn near all of them. So it was two thousand five, two thousand six, and then two thousand ten uh, in at the Saints. So that's three of the nine years ended in a playoff. The other ones, they did not. (laughs) It was the regularly scheduled program of 16 games, and then you go home. But in that, a couple of of times was, I'm not so sure about the coach. Like, where are we going to be at? You know, like, so what you're trying to do is you're trying to play. You want to play well. So regardless of what coach come in, they want me to be a part of this thing moving forward. So um, that's the that's the stress about it, man. And you all yeah. you always know there's a new batch of 22, 23-year-olds coming out of, out of college every single year. And you're going to have to fight them off. The kicker is that you, you're your older. <laughs> your hamstrings right. ain't popping like they used to. You know, like at some point you have to move over and let them young guns take over. So... But it's, it's tough. It's a it's a tough time. But it's almost it's one of those times like you really need that break 
So you want to finish it off strong, but you need that break. I need that my body needs a needs a little rest, you know? So unless you're going to the playoffs, because then you pump, then you're excited, and then it's like, shit, let's keep doing this. We can do this all year. You know, we can just keep rolling. So it's a it's a weird time of year, but it's fun if you're making the playoffs. If you're not making the playoffs, you just want this shit to be done. Yeah. And and it's interesting that you said that because I wasn't gonna leave with this, but I rewatched the game uh mm-hmm. shortly before our, our our tape in here, and it seemed like so even during the 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 winning time, like there was a time there during the Bears Cardinals game, it was like, wait a minute now, hold <laughs> y'all not about to blow this out, y'all. Mm-hmm. Right? They scored mm-hmm. three points in the second half for Correct. for a majority of it, right? Yes. I saw Darnell Mooney, you know, after DJ Moore's injury, I saw DJ Moore. I saw a lot of guys who just didn't like Braxton Jones, who were just, it seemed like they were working their way through the game, right? Mm -hmm. There wasn't a lot of joy. Even when some of the bigger plays were made, it seemed like guys were fighting their way through it. And then let's face it, you go to work and you don't know what the fate may be or the outcome may be of the dudes that you've been calling brothers for the last six months around you. Mm -hmm. It could be a pressure packed and pressure filled situation. I will say this kudos to that coaching staff for not blowing another lead because mm-hmm. it seemed like it. There were some play calls in the second half, and especially that third and short where we got uh, a quarterback who then ran for 100 yards and thrown for a buck 60. We, we in the Wildcat, mm-hmm. and we're watching that be deployed. Um, the Arizona Cardinals are bereft of talent. There's not a lot of talent on that football team. The reason why they're a three-win team. So I'm not trying to take anything away from the win. You know, when we saw these final four games, like, man, Bears should, you know, kind of go three and one. They can Mm -hmm. with the way they've been playing, the way the defense has been playing. What did you take? Big picture, uh, small picture, whatever picture. What did you take from from Bears-Cardinals after it wrapped up? Um, Good teams beat the teams they're supposed to beat. They, they beat the teams they're supposed to be. So they okay, check that box. We're a running football team with Justin Fields. This is what this is what we're gonna be. If we're gonna have Justin Fields as a quarterback, we're not gonna we're not gonna go into a game and him throwing the ball 40 times. That is not a good scenario for the Bears. It's not a good situation if he's throwing the ball that much. If he's not running for 100 yards, we're probably not moving the ball up and down the field. We're probably not scoring a lot of points. Um, You look at last week and you look at this week, the difference was, well, we ran the football. 250-plus yards rushing last week. I mean, you look at that team, I mean, hell, we didn't do much. The week before that, we didn't do a whole lot. We won the game. I mean, we we won the game, but we didn't do a whole lot. When I tell you we didn't do a lot, we – you got an interception, ran back for a touchdown. You got an interception, ran back to inside the five-yard line. And you wondering, like, well, where, where did the offense go? So, but this particular game, yeah, you're supposed to win this game. You're supposed to come out. You're supposed to dominate, kind of put your, like, put your foot on the throat. And we haven't been able to do that to, I don't believe, any team. Like you said, we lost three games that were very improbable for us to lose um, this season. This one kind of felt like it might be headed that way. Hell yeah. And they were able to steer the ship and kind of finish that one off. So we do need more talent. You mentioned Mooney. It's weird because just two years ago, hell, Mooney was looked at like he was going to be the number one guy. They had Mooney in here like he was that number one guy. And 
Now I'm crying for Odunze. Give me neighbors. Give mm-hmm. me another receiver because we need it. A Cole Commander's gonna be serviceable. Cole Command's gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I take that back. Cole Command is better than serviceable. Cole Command is gonna be a good piece to this offense. You give me another receiver, you give me a left tackle, give me a three technique on defense. Then this is with a new quarterback. This is, well, this is for the team now. This is for the team. It doesn't even matter. Because if you keep Justin Fields, fine. You gotta, you, you're gonna need these pieces. If you get rid of Justin Fields, you're still gonna need these pieces. So if you're trying to build a football team, you need these pieces in place. So, and you can get them, whether you keep Justin or not. That is a decision they're gonna have to make. I think this one has run its course. Yeah. And there's still value there to other teams. So make sure you get something for it. Why don't you let them walk out the door in a year and you say, nah, this didn't work. Well, you knew this one didn't work a year and a half ago. Like, what you doing? Why are you holding <laughs> on? Don't hold on. Don't hold on. Come on. <laughs> so, it feels weird, A.V. It feels yeah. weird. You know, it, it feels to me like, like you know when the end of the relationship is coming yes. and all, that, all the things that you've been making excuses for, they keep happening. You're like, all right, well... Now I don't have to make excuses for it because we've agreed that this thing is is no longer tenable. And it seems like that. And that and maybe that's what I was noticing watching the game where it was like, you know, the plays that everybody would usually get hyped for. It was just, it, it just seemed like, uh, you know, the result instead of like, yeah, we worked and we got this. You know, you, the, you, know, you, you see him run for 40 yards and then you see the fade pass to Khalil Herbert in the end zone, double coverage, you see DJ Moore on the route crossing in the end zone and the top of the coverage had already come down. The safety had already come down. So it's DJ Moore and a cornerback and 40 yards of horizontal uh, real estate or lateral, I should say, real estate, where it's like, you know, these are the things who <sighs> the, the detractors for Justin Fields have enough ammunition. Right. And two or three times a game, they get supplied with some more of it. And then on top of it, the people who are the supporters of Justin Fields or the people who believe he should move forward. We've already seen these things. Right. So it's like the middle is where I think a lot of this is falling off. And like I said, that's why lied to me, A.B., Last year was such a wasted year, man. Such a wasted year. Last year was the year. It, it, all this foolery about uh, is he a running quarterback? Is he? Is, is, should he drop back thirty times? Is it? it was it Matt Nagy's fault for not you know getting him and and trying to develop him a little bit more instead of starting Andy Dalton? Last year was such an important year to find out coming into this year. Not only what you had, but be dead set on we have to go with this because this is what we got. Now we're sitting in the mix where you got a few games left. What is six and nine now, right? So you got two games left. You know, an Atlanta team that let's face it, they struggle with Carolina. So you're gonna mess around and be seven or eight wins, which I thought they would be, and I thought that would be good enough for second in this division. Then now you got to get over that next hump. You're gonna have seven or eight wins and then have to start over, which is it, it didn't register to me that it would happen like that, but as confusing and as um, uh, complicated an ending of a season can have or a whole season can have, I think this has checked every box. Like, I don't... The defense, A.B., I, I, fi- I feel funny looking at that defense saying, hey, by the way, you're going to have another 
young quarterback, a rookie quarterback who hasn't seen NFL defenses. So for the next two seasons now, you're not only going to have to hold it down, but, you know, unless Caleb Williams goes out here and has the C.J. Stroud type of, you know, beginning to his career, you're going to have to, because I don't give a shit who he is. He's a rookie. And, and, and the things that, that, that Justin Fields is just seeing and just now filing away in his mental Rolodex three years later, you're going to have to start this process all over again with a defense that I feel, man, is, is one or two pieces like we've been talking about away from being a, a considerably, a considerably uh, respectable one in this like top eight, top nine type of mm-hmm. defense in this league. So yep. I don't know, man. I don't know. So what do you do? You know what I mean? So what do you do? Do you, you got a quarterback that you you go you know I mean they they about to they about to get the one, and then they are about to trade this man and hopefully you get a third right you hopefully you get a, a low second maybe something mm-hmm. like that I mean it's I just set don't out see I don't I don't see I don't understand how you can continue down the road by saying and, and say well I don't want to start over well shit you know he ain't the right guy. Like you know, he ain't the right guy. So start over. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. That, there are there are only two options. Now, if we ain't seen what we're supposed to see in the last three years, why are you holding on to this guy? Yes, start over. I don't know what. Are you fearful? Are you no. fearful, AB, that a good set of coaches can pull the shit out of him that we've been waiting for? I'm not worried about that. I, okay. I didn't see it. Okay, here. so if you so, so if that's not the the, the mm-hmm. word, then I understand why you yeah. lock, stock, and barrel ready to go ahead. Like mm-hmm. I'm fearful, Alex, that somebody gonna get a hold of him that actually know how to coach mm-hmm. and knows the answers to the test before they get him, mm-hmm. and and it's gonna turn him into um, something that's that's you know more than serviceable. Well, that I, ain't, I, think that ain't, he, I think a good quarterback is in there. That ain't that ain't something that we hadn't seen. And you, let's right, we saw. Um, we sent a we sent a, a tight end to Carolina before, and we watched him bloom and become. I think Greg Olson is going to go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, we we saw Leonard Floyd go out, and if you look, Leonard Floyd put up probably I'm, I'm gonna go on and say about fifty sacks yeah, since he left pressure. the Bears. Mm-hmm. So the so so players do leave here. And do great things. Roosevelt Coven left and won two Super Bowls at New England. Ted Washington left, won a Super mm-hmm. Bowl at New England. That's okay. Like people, people do leave. It's the quarterback, man. You already now, know it's the quarterback. I, AD. In, in the same breath, in the same breath as the quarterback, what I'm fearful of is missing out on CJ Stroud again. I feel you. Missing feel out you. on Patrick Mahomes again. Missing out. On uh, Deshaun Watson again. That's what I'm fearful of because we are in a position to pick that guy. Do, will it hurt? And I think this is what this is this is what um this is what you have to really take into consideration is what hurts more. Letting watching um watching Justin Fields go and be a good player somewhere else. Or passing on C.J. Stroud and every other quarterback in this draft and watching three of them or two of them go on and become Pro Bowl quarterbacks and we're still sitting in the same spot looking for a quarterback. We're talking about the last eight years. Just go and look at the last eight years of Bears looking for a quarterback 
right. in the NFL is filling up with these young quarterbacks. How the hell is the NFL continually getting all these great young quarterbacks? We're in position to get them, and we don't get one because of situations like this, I think, because of situations like this, because we don't move on. We don't continue to look. We, we listen to Ryan Pace come in here and say he was going to get a quarterback every year, and he didn't. If you're really, truly looking for a quarterback, you right. keep getting them. Shanahan has been trying to get a quarterback, and then we watch we watch what Purdy did last night, and there's a bunch of tip balls. I'm not one of them. The one he didn't see, the safety that was that bad. was his first one in the uh, in mm-hmm. the red zone. But those ones were tip balls that, and they were right. getting after him. So it's right. a yeah. really good defense. They were getting after him. He'll play better. But that'll be the Super Bowl. Looking. I think that's going to be the Super Bowl rematch. I do too. I told mm-hmm. I told my son. I th- I think. These are the two teams that are going to make it to the Super Bowl. The, if if one of them didn't make it, it would be Baltimore, in my opinion. I think the the talent that they have to go through on the AFC side is much harder. San Francisco yeah. beat the absolute dog shit out of Philly and, Philly and, and, uh, San, and, uh, Dallas. and Dallas. Yeah, come yeah. on, like, yeah. The, Detroit ain't ready for that. Detroit nah. ain't ready for that. Like it's just. Now, ain't nobody in the NFC ready for them boys. Well, but as in the I, AFC, I you got rematch. you got Miami, you you know, you got in a division, you know, mm-hmm. rival in Cleveland, yep. um, Buffalo. You, know, you got and the Kansas City still got that man. Kansas so, City still got that man. So yeah, that's yeah. and then I think so. You bring that up, and I think this is why people. I gotta get have why that man, AB. Huh? <laughs> gotta have that man. You're, yes, because you can win with that man. If you got that man at quarterback, you can win any game. So I don't believe when I go into a game, when I go into a season, can you win a Super Bowl with this guy? Can you win a Super Bowl with Sweat? Yes, that position is checked off. I don't think we can win a, we can win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields. I don't. I, feel you. I don't think. No. We'll be back with more of the full goal with Jason Goff after a word from our sponsors. As the weather gets cold, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets when your first $5 money line bet wins. Thursday night football. Oh, barn burner. Everything that you've been waiting on, y'all. The Jets are in Cleveland to take on the Browns. I know when I think primetime football, I'm thinking Zach Wilson or whoever the hell the Jets are trotting out there against Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns. We got ourselves a five-leg same-game parlay, and the we that I'm speaking of are the casual betting brothers. We are back in action. Joe Flacco, the over, 232 and a half yards. We taking that. Joe Flacco, the over for passing touchdowns one and a half we taking that david and joku over 49 and a half hey good to see that my man is back healthy again we taking that and amari cooper the wide receiver that when you mention his name you remember oh yeah he's good but you never ever think of him any other time than when you have to mention his name and say oh yeah he's good yeah, we're taking that. The over is 57 and a half receiving yards. So we're taking that. We got five legs to this same game parlay. Joe Flacco over passing yards. Joe Flacco over passing touchdowns. We got David Njoku over for receiving yards. Amari Cooper over for receiving yards. And finally, the Cleveland Browns on the money line because the Jets are atrocious.
If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet. You got the live SGPs. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. You can dive into the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. Or you can just listen to the Casual Betting Brothers and get yourself a same-game parlay with three, four, or maybe sometimes five legs, and so much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash FullGo as FanDuel.com slash F-U-L-L-G-O and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Bears talk with Jason Goff on the full goal. And the kick is good for the win. Fade to black. Brought to you by The Ringer, a Spotify original. I feel you. So I feel you. I mean, you I mean, there's enough. There's enough evidence that that that's what I'm saying. Like this, there. this ain't no, this ain't no like. Uh, it's, it's it's so it's so ridiculous on one side. That mm. how do you not see this? That's right. why this conversation and. And on top of it, AB, the the decision makers, right? Like yep. we we can keep we can keep filing in and pulling out <laughs> names. You you know what I mean? Like yeah, we can yeah. keep doing this over yeah. and over and over and over again. Uh, you know, Brian mm-hmm. Robinson is Philip Daniels is AB is 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 Montez. You know what I mean? Like we mm-hmm. can keep doing this, but in the end, unless the decision makers find whoever the person is or the people are that can identify correctly that that is that dude Mm -hmm. that's the problem nobody's been able to identify that that is that dude in all of our lifetime other than jay cutler which was a trade who was already a two-time pro bowler before his 25th birthday right right you know denver identified that that was that dude it was just they didn't want to deal with that dude anymore yeah you know which is still it's still bog can you imagine can you imagine justin herbert being looked at by the charges like hey man you know, coach said you ain't that guy, even though you got two Pro Bowls underneath your belt. Time for you to move along. It, it like it sticks out to me the further we get away from the Jay Cutler era that uh-huh. you have to be quite the asshole for a young <laughs> franchise to say, hey, the dude is going to two Pro Bowls in four seasons. But mm-hmm. guess what? He can't do it here no more. Yeah, he did. A, and, he, and listen, make sure we understand he did it on, in the AFC. Right, right. When Tom Brady was there, when Peyton right. Manning was there. You know, like, we were jumping for joy when we saw that trade. Like, oh, what? my gosh. Everybody <laughs> in Chicago, I'm, I was super excited. Hell yeah, yeah. I was excited. Yeah. Yes. But then you you start to see he's more like what people are saying, how right. Kyler Murray is out there, right. Right, where nobody don't like him. Right. And that type and of that's person, a they didn't want him in the building, regardless of the talent, you know? So at some point, your talent isn't there. It's not enough. T.O. come to mind. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? T.O. was an excellent, excellent player. Top four wide receiver, top five wide receiver all time. Oh, I, I, I got him higher than that. Oh, I got him higher. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You got to I, see. You he top to, three. You he to, top three. He top three. To be on this shit that, that Ocho on. Don't, he don't top you? three to me. I ain't, uh, uh, nah, I'm, 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 I'm Ocho. Ocho said Randy Moss and T.O. both better than Jerry nah, Rice. I don't believe that. Jerry Rice might be the best goddamn football player to ever run around. Him and LT to me are like, hey, what you gonna say? Did, hold on. Like, what can you possibly say? Did, did you see? Because I'm an LT fan. I'm the I'm the LT 
poster on my wall. Oh, my I'm dad first moved to this country and, and the giant, he moved to New York and it went from soccer and Belize to, oh, there's some dude running around the Meadowlands with a Jerry Curl that is making <laughs> offenses cry. Like Bill Walsh made the West Coast offense and timing passing because he couldn't block Lawrence Taylor. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yes. But he, when I went to North Carolina on an unofficial visit, I'm the number one, I'm the number one linebacker in the country. And I go to North Carolina because I know LT played them. Like that's like I'm I'm all in LT. But when I watched, when I watched Reggie White, that little piece uh. they had, it gave me second thoughts because Reggie White was a monster. People like, don't understand. And Reggie White was a tw- he had 21 sacks in 12 games. Hip tossing Hall of Famers. This is mind blowing. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, this dude, and I knew he was good, but when you really look at it and see that he was that first, like, real dude to be that free agent, and now all of this shit that we get now changed the league. Because of his actions. Change the league. Change the whole think, league. Think, think about that Philadelphia Eagle. Yeah, man. Fuck Cardinals Bears. Think about. <laughs> think about. Yeah, yeah. We off a break. I'm. I'm about to be happy until the eggnog run out. God damn it. Think about the fact that on that line, and God rest mm-hmm. his soul, because Jerome Brown. People don't understand what Jerome Brown was. And, and yes. Kyle, this will be the homework for next week, player. You got to put in the YouTube. That Philadelphia Eagles line was, was yeah. if I'm not mis- mistaken, Clyde Simmons, mm-hmm. right? Clyde was on there. Jerome Brown, who, you know, people was like, hey, before SAP, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. in terms of that dude is going to get up the field and terrorize you, Jerome Brown. And then a young Reggie White the on the other end. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, and then, you know, he spoke to the... He spoke to the state council in Wisconsin, and things kind of things kind of went haywire. <laughs> Reggie Reggie got in front of a microphone and started to started speaking his truth, and uh-huh. it kind of it kind of got a little messy. But yeah, no, nah, no, nah, Reggie that White was that, that dude. defense they had over at Philly was nasty. No, oh, really good. And then really, you had Buddy Ryan, who who ooh. despised offenses. Yes, like like, <laughs> like I want to yes. kill everything on that side of the football. Yep. Um, so. This is the other thing that I came away with when it, when I watched this game against the uh, Cardinals. The Bears, because you see bad teams, and then you see what the Bears are. The Bears are a step ahead of a bad team. The Bears, like, uh, the Bears are on the verge of average. They've won five of the last nine games, which is right around average, right? The Montez Sweat is taking this team and kind of changed it. I think the young secondary, while... Um, there is some issues every once in a while back to him with them safeties. Mm-hmm. You know, Jaquan, you know, when Jaquan in coverage is always fun and fun to watch for me. <laughs> yes. You know, he can come down and be the hammerhead, but him in coverage is is outstanding to watch. Like it's like watching Roy Williams out of Texas back in the oh yeah, it was a, no Oklahoma too. Yeah. Oklahoma, Williams. that was Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. Roy Williams, yeah. Woo. And then Eddie Jackson. You know, it, I, I'm still surprised that he I, as surprised as I was to hear that he just got his first interception the other day. I was so surprised to hear that Khalil Herbert got his first touchdown in week 15, week 16 in the NFL season. So Kyler Gordon was making plays like this defense is only only a couple of pieces away. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about the three technique. I still don't see as many plays as I would like to see out of Tremaine Edmonds, even though he's got to pick six uh, in last week's game. I know he's out there to take up space and make sure that, you know, those holes in the cover two defense in the middle of the field are taken up. But the standard and the expectation is getting ready to rise on this defense. Mm-hmm. What what do you still see that they have to shore up? And also, what are you enthused about going forward? Oh, man, the youth on this team, the players that that Ryan Poles have brought in, they're players. The Gordon, the Brisker, Sweat, <coughs> the linebacking crew that he brought in, TJ Edmonds and um and Sanborn was already was already here. Listen, the Eddie Jackson is I remember when Eddie made the Pro Bowl. I don't know if he made all pro, but I think he was close to it. Yeah. But Eddie is looked at on this particular defense as the weak link now. When you look at this defense, everybody's yeah. worried about or everybody's worried about Eddie. Like, what's going on, man? Do we need to get a replacement for Eddie? That's what people want to know. That's they want to. They, they're more concerned with getting a replacement for Eddie than finalizing Jalen Johnson's contract. Like, go yeah. ahead and get. I want Jalen Johnson. Go ahead and get him locked up, man. Get him locked. Yeah. Like, he did enough. He, he's yeah. We we've been here long, and I mean, okay, he's not the best corner in the league. We understand it, but he is damn enough top three, top four. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. get that man the money. Lock Do you think he's going to continue to perform? Correct. at this level, I think yeah, I think he can because he's not he's not crazy crazy fast. Where you think he's going to lose a step coming up? No, no, no. He's just a he's a really good coverage corner, and he'll come up and hit you. You got Stevenson, a young go getter that's coming up, man. You got a couple of young cats that's like going, you know. I don't Terrell miss Smith this has up. played well. The, the kid out of Minnesota, the Correct. fifth rounder, yeah, he's I, played I well. I don't want to mess this up. I think I think what the defense could use to take that next step and meet those expectations week in and week out, you need a three technique. You need a real one, a real three yeah. technique. Yeah. And then you need another that, that boy work. for the Ravens, that Matt BK boy. That that's that, yes. that's cooking with gas right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. You 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 gotta have. You need another one. Once you get another one, get another pass rusher and a three technique. I think you get a young linebacker somewhere in the fourth, fifth round, if you can, middle linebacker, because Edmonds is, he's on his last leg. You know, you can see it. He's just, I mean, we needed him at the time, but we needed the leadership. We needed the, the experience at that position. But if he played boy, 25 year, years old, AP. Huh? That boy 25 years old, if I'm no, not mistaken. He's no, young as hell. No, his body. Oh, his I got body. you. Uh, my bad. My, my I'm, talking about, I'm talking about that body, man. You talking about football years? My fault, player. My he, fault. Man, that boy look. He, hey, when he trying to cover, I tell you what. We going to a game. We talking about the NFC now. Talking about the NFC. We going to a game against Atlanta. We going. We going to a game against San Francisco. Detroit with Jameer. Detroit. Yeah, he can't run with none of these boys. Bijan Robinson, CMC. He can't run with none of these boys now. Hey, we, we got a okay. half chance if you're talking about Edwards or Sanborn. You're talking about some young legs, some a half a chance. We got no chance if Edmonds is out there trying to run with them. No chance. So I don't I, I need a younger, young type uh, kid in there that we kind of groom up. I think I think Edmonds can play another year, but that's that's gonna be mm. pushing it. That's gonna be pushing it. So um, but yeah, I, I think this defense is close. I think they're close. And if if you're gonna play and you want to play complimentary football. You want to say screw what everybody else thinks. 
we're going to run the football and we're going to play great defense, then keep Justin Fields and be that running football team. Be that running football team where you just grind it out. Those teams win, okay? That's what New England was before those first three championships. They ran the football, played great defense. That's what they did. That's what Seattle did. They ran the football, played great defense. What the hell you think San Francisco do? Yeah, this is what they do. What do you think and, Baltimore and friends, does? And as much as people want to talk about Sean McVay, you go back and look at when the Rams were humming, mm-hmm. it was power run game. And yes. then they realized, oh, we got to have a quarterback that in the fourth quarter going to make some throws mm-hmm. because the one we got ain't making the throws in Jared yep. Goff. Then they went and got Matt Stafford. But, I mean, Todd Gurley at the end of his run and then the cycle of running backs that they had in it. You look at Sean McVay's real roots. It's mm-hmm. real exotic power run game stuff. Mm-hmm. It is. No, and Tom, um, I say Tom. Uh, you look at Sean Payton. Sean Payton and Drew Brees. They throw off for 5,000 yards every season. But go and look at it. When they were top five in the league, it was one year. They were top five, two years, I'm sorry, two years. Top five in the league and running the football. They won a Super Bowl, and then we got beat um, in Seattle. Beast Quake, we yeah. Got Beast Quake, yeah. But, like, Talking when about you, you got to be able to run the ball. Was that Pierre, or was that Deuce? That's the end. No, nah, Deuce, Deuce was before that. Deuce so was before, P- yeah. That, that was so Pierre, right? Pierre, you got Reggie Bush. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, no, I'm telling they, they were t- – they, they could run the football. You got to be – the Eagles, why the Eagles are so good and competitive, because they control, look at their offensive line, and then look at their defensive line. When you can control the line of scrimmage, you got a shot. It don't matter what else is going on behind that. It's that the, the line of scrimmage is where it's at. So they arguably have one of the best offensive lines, and they arguably have one of the best defensive lines, and they have young guys on that defensive line as well. So we just need to continue pumping into the offensive line, defensive line. Get your get your left tackle. Get your center. Get your three technique. If you can get all three of those in this draft, you keep everything else the same. We'll be a 10-win football, football team. I know you watch the trenches like you just mentioned, the, the point of attack, most important place on the football field. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach my son, like, don't, you know, the, the, the camera going to take you to the ball. Yes. So as long as you can see what's happening on the line, It'll mm-hmm. tell you what's going to happen in the play more times than not, unless you just got some physical freak out there like Justin or like Lamar Jackson who Agreed. can make something happen. Um, from what you've seen in this offensive line, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we the grading continues because especially since Ryan Poles' background is offensive line, and he talked about solidifying the offensive line and winning in the trenches and all the other stuff that he said in his introductory press conference. The, the Braxton Jones situation, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, I'm mm-hmm. tired of guys who are third round and below mm-hmm. protecting the quarterback's blind side, no matter who it is. Mm-hmm. Right? I think Braxton Jones would be a fine swing tackle. I think they hit something with number 58. And yep. more so than anything, I think they hit because that dude's been playing hurt, I think, for the last eight, nine weeks with that shoulder. Mm-hmm. And he has been holding his own. So from what I saw and what you saw against the Cardinals, what kind of – what kind of grades do you put on an offensive line's performance, especially with the quarterback yards that you, you don't factor in with scrambles? Nate Davis, you know, Lucas Patrick, Cody Whitehair was out there moving people around. Mm-hmm. What, 
the talent that they were up against as opposed to how they executed. What, what would you say about the offensive line, short-term and also big picture? I think Davis and Lucas Patrick give up the most pressure, too much pressure for me. And it's also, from a defensive perspective, that's where you want to get pressure from is up the middle because it affects the quarterback the most because he sees that. When you're coming from his blind side as a defensive end, he can either step up or he don't feel it at all. Those guys in the middle, when they get that pressure up front right away, it gets him off his spot immediately. Now, from an offensive perspective, that's exactly what you don't want. You want that center, those two guards, to be stout. So the quarterback can step up into a clean pocket to deliver the football. You don't want your quarterback drifting backwards to buy time. To buy time, you want him to step up into the pocket and then deliver the football. We can't do that right now. So we got to shore that up somewhere. I don't know if we can do anything with Davis. I'm not sure about his contract. So I don't know what the hell we can do with him. He just got here. So I don't know. Lucas, uh, Lucas Patrick, I mean, we got, we got to do – like, yeah. hey, bring some competition. I'll tell you what, competition brings out the best in us. Yeah. I, and you're playing them like a meal. Like, you're paying them like a reserve. So, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. you know. I mean, he'll be fine. Like, if he, if, if, he show, if he showed it, if he showed that he's that dude, then okay, yeah, get that man, get that man his props. If he did what, what, um, what uh, Pierce is doing out there in Oakland. Yeah. I'm sorry, I said Oakland. My and, bad. In Vegas. And, yeah. If he, if he does what he, like, this man has shown, he's turned this team around. Yes, he earned that. He earned that. He earned He earned that. Give him that opportunity to move this team forward. They just beat uh, what a lot of people think is, the over the last six, seven years, the best organization, the best football team, and they just put them on their ass. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, if, if, he, if, if a guy earns it, give it to him. But if not, if I keep seeing this pressure, this is the type of things that Justin um, supporters... Um, they use they yeah. use this stuff because and it's true and it's and it's true stuff. It does yeah. affect the quarterback absolutely. Um, but there's also guys that when they're when they're running open, I want you to deliver the football, get it out of there, right? And but the things we're talking about are things that we need to fix, whether or not we have Justin or not. We still got to fix them. We need we need that left tackle. I I'm with you. Stop stop playing with me. Stop yeah. stop playing with me. Stop yeah. stop giving me. That that guy that was a oh he was an all American he's just D two all American no 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 say that right. loud now I ain't right. gonna want no D two all American right. I want a real left tackle six three thirty yeah pedigrees there play tight end in high school in his first year give me alt give me him because I ain't worried about his feet because he is an athlete I'm not worried about like you know only thing I want to worry about is injury. Because it's something you can't control, but if he doesn't get hurt, we're gonna be all right. Though that's what I that's what I want. I want Alt, but I am not taking with the first pick. We're kind of hurting ourselves by ain't hurting ourselves. Winning never hurts, but we're kind of putting ourselves in a different position um, by winning. So uh, we don't have no longer have that fifth pick, right? right so right. I think that's where you're gonna have to get a Alt or a Fasanu. Um, mm-hmm. That's where you're gonna have to get those type of guys, we need one. I don't give a damn which one we get. We, I want all. I shouldn't say that. I want all. But I don't, I'm happy if either one we get. I'm happy. Uh, last thing, and, and I, mm. I wanted to run this by you. Yep. 
do you think, and I, it could all be a fait accompli, we could be talking about this for no reason if we look back at only a year from now and the Bears are sitting, you know, at, at, at nine and six instead of six and nine because Caleb Williams is tearing up the, the land and, mm-hmm. you know, I'll be sitting here with egg on my face, right? But do you think that it has been drilled into Justin's head to not turn over the ball so much so that it's also adding to the lack of uh, pulling that trigger, letting that thing rip? Because I, I was asking myself that during, because there was so many reasons why this thing hasn't worked. And I'm trying to figure out, and, and you know, us, you know, <coughs> stupid humans always mm-hmm. need an answer for everything. Sometimes mm-hmm. shit just happens, right? Right. I'm, I'm trying to figure out since the times that we saw that he's turned over the football, whether it be fumbling or throwing it to the wrong damn team, like a lot of that has subsided. But more and more, you're seeing the, ah, that was the moment where he really wanted to let it rip and he held on to it. Or mm-hmm. you get to that 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 back foot or that that top of the, the you know top of the drop, and you're like, rhythm wise, we know how this thing should look because we watch NFL football mm-hmm. and you played it. So yep. rhythm wise, there's a certain thing. It's a dance that's going on. All right, mm-hmm. fifth step, thing should be out, or you should be moving around to buy time. Fifth step with no pressure. Sometimes that thing isn't out, and I'm asking myself. And you could put us in the locker room. Have you played with guys who have been scared into not throwing the football in adverse areas or testing out their talent because they want to make sure that the edict is is kept that you can't turn over the football? And how does that work in terms of a quarterback psyche when mm-hmm. you are the man at every level and then you've shown little chinks in your armor that people maybe inside the organization and, of course, outside the organization can exploit when it comes to turnovers? Like, can you turn that off in a person where it's like, damn, that dude's scared to take some chances now? Rex probably. Mm. Rex was probably the one because Rex was a gunslinger. Rex, like, it didn't matter if he threw... Cowboy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it it didn't matter if he threw interception in college because we're going to get the ball back and we're going to go back down and go again. When you come up to Chicago and you're playing in games that that are so close that an interception can cause the game, Mm. like, that he'd probably be the one. Other than that, I... I, honestly, I don't think I don't think I've ever played with a quarterback that's actually in Justin Fields' situation in the sense of I don't give a damn how bad he plays. He's not going to be replaced. Hmm. So that should give you comfort and he still won't pull the trigger. See, hmm. Jay Cutler was in that situation, but Jay would pull the trigger. You had to worry about Jay. Jay will throw that bitch in the triple coverage. It didn't matter. Drake <laughs> like, going to throw it. So, but, like, it didn't matter. So, like, I hear what you're saying, but it's like, dang, like, hold on. Like, if you know, if you if there's nobody behind you that's a great that point. they're going to replace you with, that's usually the thing that kind of makes you, like, hesitant. But there's nobody behind him. So just go play. And he said it this year. I'm going to be like, F it, right? I'm going to be like, F it, and I'm going to just go play. He said it. And we haven't seen that. We still see hesitation, and I don't know why. I honestly don't know why we see that hesitation. And I, is it, does he not see it? Is he not reading it correctly? Because I don't understand outside of that, I don't understand why you wouldn't pull the trigger, because... 
for all intents and purposes, you're the guy. You're, you're the guy. Nobody's taking your spot. So pull the trigger. Who cares? Yeah. Like, when you come off, dang on. They're not sending Beijing in and you're healthy, okay? They're not. <laughs> so they're not going to do it. So just go, go, and go do your thing. If you throw an exception, who cares? Like, just go play. And I, I, I can't say that people are holding them back because at some point, players just do it, okay? At some point, players just do it. In the game, and this is, it's a, it's a decision that has to be made. My biggest game, my career, football career, was 1999, University of Tennessee. And I think I see something that the, that the, um, the center and the quarterback is doing. If I'm wrong, I'm off sides. But if I'm right, Goddamn, you know, got like seven that. of them bangs. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that. It's, it's that. It's it's that willingness to be able to. My pops would tell us, if you can't stand out on the end at the end of a limb by yourself, something wrong with you. If you gotta be with the crowd, something wrong yeah, with you. 100%. You gotta be willing to stand out there by yourself on the on the edge of that limb because you feel that strong about what you feel about whatever subject it is. So. I was just like, hell, if I'm outside, I'm outside. But I know I see what I see. Hey, that, What'd you I, see that game? I'm going to trust my eyes, then I'm trusting them. And What'd you I see that I, game? Huh? What'd you see that game? You can tell us now. It's 20-some-odd oh, years God. later now. God well, dang. It, hey, the, AB still keeping secrets from Tennessee <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> AB like, you know, they might use it on my gators you know, hey, next you, year. You I don't know what I said. I ain't seen that. You ain't seen uh, that? You just busting no, bustin no, everybody's ass. No, no, no. Like, said. seriously, I yeah, I was just faster than everybody else. That's all. Uh, <laughs> so full of shit. I ain't messing with you. No, uh, the, the the quarterback. So under center, under center, and everybody. He's talking about his SEC record-setting sack game. Yes, against absolutely. the Tennessee Volunteers. How many you had against seven? No, five, five sacks, a pick, about twelve tackles. Yeah, it was okay. National right. Player of the Week. Yeah, it was all yeah. that. It was all yeah. that. Yeah. So underneath the center, it was so loud. Um, T. Mark could hear nothing. So they get under the center, and he's like, he's like, blue 30, blue 30, said, huh? Whoa, hold on. Did he just do that? Like, but just to he, tap he flipped, the center to let oh. him know that I want the ball. Because he couldn't hear him. Nah, I didn't see that. Nah, 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 I didn't see that. I was like, there's no When way. did you notice that? Like, what part of it? Like, it was his first pass? Was this, you know, first drive? Like, no, when did it click was, for you? This was like mid-second quarter. Oh. Like, mid-second quarter, because we were up. Like we were up. I had I had two sacks already. And when you see me, like there, there are a few sacks where it's like, this motherfucker moved before the damn ball moved. Like, hold up. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, that's it. Like, hey, dude. Look at his get off. I've never seen a first step this quick before. <laughs> yes. That man got drafted because he was watching T Martin's hands. He got, yeah, he's gonna get drafted no matter what. But that man's stock raised because mm -hmm. all of a sudden yes. A B picked up on something. He was playing with house money at that point. Oh, absolutely. I was, I was working with house money, man. It was it I got I got one back to back. There was one that was back to back sacks. Two plays. And the second one, I got the sack and I'm looking around for the flag. Because ain't no way I wasn't outside. <laughs> like, ain't no way. I was like, Jesus. Like, oh, man. It was, it already. <laughs> it was beautiful, man. It was a beautiful uh, thing. And so I get, up to, I get up to Chicago. Craziest thing is Chad Clifton 
was the left tackle. In that game? Yes, cuz I got two. Cuz I hit I hit Clifton with two that night. Chad Clifton, y'all, if y'all don't know, played about 10, 11 years with the Green Bay. Damn Man good player. As the left tackle. So I ended up playing against Chad for what, eight years? In every game. Every game. Like, you know you was off size, right? Man, get out of here, man. Come on, dog. <laughs> See what stick with these dudes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Grown men, but still kids at heart. Yes, I love no it. Doubt. I love it. I love it, man. Hey, thank you so much as always, man. You you uh you provide levity, you provide insight, the knowledge that we need on this pod once a week. I appreciate you. Give my yeah, best to the family. Yes, sir. Um, happy New Year to everybody. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, yes, sir. Uh, we, we, we'll do this thing again soon, brother. Yes, sir. For sure. Appreciate it. Alex Brown right here on the Full Go Podcast. The Full Go with Jason Golf. Everybody meet Manny. Manny. Hey. Manny. Manny. What's up, Manny? What's, What's up, up Manny? New, newest member of the Full Go crew, you know? What, what are we looking at there? A pit bull? Oh, there? you already know. Or the finest uh, of Negro dogs. Let's go to the collection. Give me, give me that Rottweiler. That's give right. me that yep, dog. You you <laughs> For you bougie Negroes, it's going to be a multi-poo at some point. <laughs> Wearing like muscle tees in the oh, wintertime with like a chain, you know, what? and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the chain is on its way. I can dig it. The accessories it. are on their way. So, yeah, it's, I will be the only brother walking around the city of Chicago with a service dog that is a pit bull. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm going to use my fiance's, uh, you know, higher learning ability so she can write me a script for a pit bull. And I could walk onto the plane and scare the shit out of everybody in rows 26A or whatever the fuck they got me oh, in. Oh, well, that little guy's not scaring anybody for a while, man. That's no, cute. No, no, That's cute not. as fuck right there. Though. Yeah, no, this is my man, dog. He's a... Uh, <laughs> he's, uh, I, I, I rescued him from 76 in Colfax, so now he thinks this is the fucking Ritz. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. You're the man now. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's in here chasing Gucci around and tormenting him and... You know, luckily he's cute. If he wasn't oh, cute, wow. then you know, Pia would have kicked my ass, you know, for the last twenty-four hours. But luckily he's cute. He's gonna save the day with his cuteness, you know. Oh, man. Like, yeah, like nothing, nothing funnier than a pit bull though, man. That that uh, like he's... lifelong homie, you know, yeah. like I know so many good pit bulls in my life. Yeah. yeah. And the problem with Lou was, you know, she was living in a car with four other people for like the first two months of her life. So all the things that dogs shouldn't be, um, you know, subject to, like we had to, we kind of had to like try to overtrain a whole bunch of shit that was just, and you know, just, she was, she was in a bad way when we got her and, you know, she was just used to being her own filth. And mm, that's the first yeah. sign that a dog <sighs> yep. isn't, you know, doing well. Yep. So yep. This, this guy right here, Hey, Hey, start whistling the media. Come get me, because yeah. I'm about to piss on some shit. So, yeah, it's my man. It's my man, uh, 50 Grand. I love it. He's I good. love a new He's dog. Good. I love yeah, a new man. dog. It's yeah. good energy. You know, I feel like yep. we need some uh, some new energy, some good energy in the house. And, you know, how was everybody's holiday, man? I, you know, this all going to be on the pod. I, y- y'all can talk Y'all can talk Bears Cardinals without me. I, I, I will let y'all know. I know Tony, Tony looked like he got takes that he's ready to fire off. 
You know what I'm saying? He, he looked refreshed and new. Kyle, Kyle just waiting for his chance to, to go on a 15, 20-minute Bears rant so he could separate himself, get the spinoff show. We already know the vibes. You know I mean? Me and Chris just sitting in the background just perusing the scene. So if y'all got hot Cardinals Bears takes to get off since we ain't potted in, in a few days, knock yourself off. This is the time to go. Because the the talk that Alex Brown and I had, I, yeah, I, yeah, the full there it is, the full go. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a good mood, man. I miss you guys. I, I miss the audience. Uh, I, I miss you know, I miss letting people know that we're gonna we're gonna give them their free service at some point here in the next couple of days because people were on my head again. Like, hey, give a shit about your lung infection? Go give a shit about your made up bronchitis? You get your ass back in front of that microphone where you're supposed to be. Like, I appreciate it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. You know, depending on who said it, you know, it came with a different uh, pronoun. <laughs> yeah, we back. We back where we're supposed to be. Um, fresh off of Bulls, Hawks, huh? Uh, another another entertaining affair over at the United States. It feels like they played every game at the UC over the last eight games. Like, every game, it's been a 27-game homestand. I shouldn't use that that uh, number, by the way. Shout out to the Detroit Pistons who lost their 27th straight game as we are, are taping. Um, if you can't fire a man who you just pay $80 million to, hey, Monty Williams, a salute to you, brother. Make sure that the price tag is too big for people to walk away from because if that is anyone else in the NBA, they are being served with, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 sorry to see you go papers. It ain't even it ain't even firing papers, it ain't even pink slip. It's hard to see you go. They've lost 27 straight games. Kate Cunningham at 37 in the second half, and the Pistons can't get themselves a win to save their lives. Uh, maybe Zach Levine will change their fortunes, huh? You know, just start start combing through all those young players over there. You know, get yourself an Isaiah Stewart or get yourself a, a Jay Nivey or something like that. But no, the Bulls win over the Atlanta Hawks and out. I know my Atlanta people have hated me over the last couple of for various reasons, right? But that Trey Young thing, I, there are certain things that I am going to be right about, and it is not over yet. But Trey Young will never be a winning player. Now, I don't care what he did against the Knicks a couple of years ago in the Garden. I don't care how many shots he can hit. He is box office. He is fun as hell. But that will never get off the ground if that dude is the best player on your team. And like I said, he is magical to watch at night. Like, Trey Young is the perfect league pass player, where it's like, it's not your team, so you get to watch something else and be entertained by it. For years, it was Russell Westbrook for me. And, and, and throughout those years, I was like, I wouldn't mind to have Russell Westbrook on the team, just because I enjoy watching somebody play hard as hell, even if it's to the detriment of the people around him at times, right? But man... The Atlanta, you talk about being stuck, stuck. Like, being stuck with a player that you know you can't move off of because of the environment and the atmosphere. Like, Atlanta is a showtown. It's an event city. There's a lot of shit going on at night. If, if you're going to be the show, you got to beat out a whole bunch of other shows, right? Whether it's, you know, baseball during the summer, Georgia football during the winter. The Atlanta Hawks have themselves a player who is flawed in a bunch of different ways that always matter in the winning time moments. Their best player is 5'11 at best, right? So you better be out of sight, extraordinarily great. 
Uh, Steph Curry, I think, um, fooled a lot of people into thinking that you could just draft somebody who could shoot and be small. And then we see Steph Curry in person, they're like, oh, he's six foot three and he's ripped, right? Like, like he's out here having to switch off on people and hold his own for a possession or two. Man, anytime Trey Young is caught in the switch, it is dinner and a movie. I don't give a shit about the 30 and 10 that you can get every single night. You giving up 30 and 10 every night with him. Ayo DeSumo has loved his time in the NBA anytime the Atlanta Hawks are on the schedule. Ayo went at it tonight again, had the highest plus minus on the team. He had 19 points, seven rebounds, four assists. He gets to turn into the big guard when he's got a little guy like that on him. So, you know, and watching how he and DeJounte Murray play together, um, I think it's an experiment that we kind of know the results on, even though it's only been two years. Like, that thing ain't going anywhere. That thing is not going anywhere. And I like Quinn Snyder as a coach, but, yeah, that, that you're going to be spinning your wheels for as long as Trey Young is the best player on your team. And he's, his gravitational pull is so uh, strong that he you've got no choice but to have him be the best player on the team because of how much he handles the ball because of his electric shot-making ability. He'll go crazy, you know, for a week or two or quarters, hell, maybe even a series. But in the end, can you beat three teams in your conference and then face off against the best in the West with Trey Young as your best player? Jury's still out. I say no, and I said no from the start. It's not me being a hater. It's just me watching basketball. And it was good to see the Bulls get back on the winning side of things. Um, Andre Drummond, I've talked a lot about Dre. He's the only one in the organization that wasn't too scared to come on the full go podcast without reservation, without needing, you know, questions beforehand and all this other stuff that the real G's don't need. That man has moved like a professional since he has been here in the city of Chicago. Uh, I love his story. You know, sometimes we, sometimes we need wake up calls. Sometimes we flying high. You know, this is a hundred million dollar basketball player. It's a two time all-star. Then all of a sudden, he had to bounce around city to city, Cleveland, then Philadelphia, and Brooklyn run for a little bit. He ends up in Chicago, and he, he gets minutes, but then he gets DMP CDs every once in a while. Now, every once in a while, he finds himself out of the rotation because of matchups. Next thing you know, the entire season starts with, okay, we're going to give Dre 12, 13 minutes to see what happens. And he gets double-double after double-double after double-double. Then Vooch goes down with the adductor slash groin issue. He comes in, gets 25 points, 24 rebounds in his first start as a Chicago Bull. There's not much more you can say about a dude. You know, we talk about next man up and all this other stuff, but not much more you can say about a dude who, let's face it, man, staying sharp and when you have the, the pride and maybe the ego that a player should have of his stature, right? This dude's been an all-star. He started before. So adhering to a game plan, understanding scouting reports, understanding what your role should be, staying in shape. That's the other thing. We don't talk about dudes who stay in shape while they're not playing. Because you see guys get out there and get some time, and the first that first rotation, they out there hauling ass. And then the next thing you know, you know, <laughs> the second, third quarter, you sneak up on them legs. Like the dude has stayed in shape. He stayed connected. and. It's also a testament to who he is as a person because, you know, not a lot of people are willing to let you in to the vulnerable side, especially athletes. Their superpower is 
them being extraordinary in ways that normal humans aren't, whether it be God-given, whether it be how hard they work because of their, you know, their, their OCD as athletes. And every great athlete has OCD, every single one. You, you can't do something as maniacally as trained to be a professional athlete without having it. And for him to notice it, for him to address it, for him to actually listen to his body and listen to his mind and take time off. And for an organization like the Bulls to say, you know what, we got you. I, 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 you know, there are certain things where we cheer for championships and, 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 and get really um, excited when, when things are on the horizon. And then there's times where you can just get excited for seeing the, the evolution or things play out the way that they're supposed to. Man took a step back and took care of himself. And I think from everything that you hear from Andre Drummond, post-game, uh, anytime I'm walking through the tunnel, anytime I'm walking through the bowels of the United Center, I run into Dre, and he's got nothing but good words, always has a smile, always uplifting people around him, and it's not phony shit. Like, we've been around athletes who, you know, you, you hear him talk, you know, you ain't like that. I've I, I seen you out. I've seen you out when I wasn't being like that, and you wasn't like that in the moment, and we wasn't like that together. But that's who Dre is. So kudos to him on a great night um, after a, just a, an atrocious ball game against the Cavs. Like, that was the, hey, I got a shot for my baby this week. You know, that, that was that was Christmas's around the corner, and they rolling somebody out here named Gary Porter Jr. and another dude named Sam Merrill. Like, the Cavs rolled out their G League team and beat the Bulls the day before Christmas. So, shout out to the Bulls for getting back on the winning side of things. And, and uh, hey, the Vooch issue, you know, this isn't going to be some some short time that he's out, I think. I think there's going to be at least a few games. Uh, you know, who knew that Max Struess dunking on you and, and kneeing you in the, in the balls could, could lead to such destruction? But the adductor muscle slash groin issue is nothing to play with. Um, <laughs> no pun in, intended. Like, there's so many jokes that I just wanted to get off during the pregame show. You know, KG... Can't wait to nickname people. He nicknamed he nicknamed Andre Drummond Fire, and then it's called Vooch Ice. And then you know that's a lob at the rim for Blake Griffin. You know what I mean? That joke is that joke is come on, that joke is Brandon Knight. Yeah, I, I had the body, you know, because if that's Fire and Vooch is Ice and he's the Ice Man, you know, and he just got he got growing issues like. You know, Iceman cometh or not, you know, right? Hey, I'll be here all day, ladies and gentlemen. Tip your waiters, tip your waitresses, take care of the wait staff. I got CDs at the front, you know, make sure you clap for the next comedian. But no, it was a good night for Bulls fans. Um, they get a chance now to face off against the Pacers without Vooch. So let's see what that up and down game is like. Patrick Williams, small ball five. We've been talking about it for three years. Ooh, he could be like the Draymond role. And then we started peeling back those expectations. Well, the last seven, eight games, P. Will has been playing a different brand of basketball. You know, still missing more dunks. Yeah, he needs he needs to dunk like a like an adult. Like yeah, what is this still, this one leg, one hand thing? Yeah, he like, missing a lot of like dunks. Like an adult, bro. He missing a lot of dunks. You know, do you think Patrick is like scared to hurt people? There's so many risks that need to be broken. Mm-hmm. Like at the 
rim. If anyone dare put their hand, if I was six, and we all do this, and we all bums and lames for doing it, right? Like, if I was six, eight, 230 pounds, I would be, your ass wouldn't be shit. You would still be playing rec league ball <laughs> and, and getting fouls called. Six, eight at FedEx. Right, 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 exactly. Ain't never like running up on the tall dude and just looking at him with that, you a waste of hype look. (laughs) Like, hey, it's the shittiest thing that people do to people, right? I've been watching Love is Blind over these last few days because I will let y'all know this. While I've been sick, uh, my, you know, my lady, Dr. P, just got sick uh, maybe a day ago. But while while I've been sick, all I've been doing is binging Love is Blind on Netflix. That's the same show, right? It uh-huh. is. This is it a is. show. And she put it on me too. Hey, Tony, she was like, she's like, you want to watch your show? And I'm like, hey, hey, what does this become my show? <laughs> you know, I watched it on a whim, and then I realized she was right. Like every time we 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 went to you know go watch a little boob tube, next thing you know, I'm hitting Netflix immediately. Like, hey, you want to watch this episode? I think Uche in trouble. You know, so <laughs> so yeah. Shout out to Love Is Blind, but. My man Milton on Love is Blind, he's six foot seven. And all I can think of is how many times that brother has to walk around. This brother's a geologist, right? Like he is doing well for himself at 24 years old. And all I can think of is anytime Milton walks into a room at six foot seven, all people do is, damn you tall. Uh, can you play? Oh shit, you don't even play. I get that all uh, the time. I, I was gonna say, Kyle, <laughs> you, have, you have to tell us, Kyle, because I got Kyle, what are you, six five, Kyle? Yep. Six five. Six five, good looking, you know, 23, 24 years old, Northwestern graduate. You know, there is no gym that Kyle can walk in. It, like, this is the thing. We this, the stereotypes and how fun they are if they don't get too serious. Like any type of white dude walking to a gym with basketball shorts on, like, all right, we gotta shoot it. We gotta shoot it. We good. You know, we we can spread the flow with him. And then you find out he's never dribbled a basketball in his life. Right, like he's never done anything athletic. He's just there to play a little, you know, a little badminton or something like that. Kyle, when your six foot five black ass walks into any gym, immediately you get asked or you are thought to have some kind of hooping ability. Correct? Right? Oh yeah, that, that's it's not even they ask it in the form of an assumption. It's like you can hoop, right? Right. Like, uh, never, never seen me dribble. It's like, you can hoop, right? Yeah, like, right. come on. You were born with it. You know, black. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, come on, man. You can hoop. The, the weight of the world is on Kyle's shoulders anytime he walks into any athletic facility. Like, all right, we get the best is to, and, and this doesn't happen anymore because the people I hoop with, you kind of know all of them, right? But the best is when somebody walk in and the whole game stop, like, hey, I got my man next. Y'all out here bullshit, right? And then you get him on the floor, you find out he got two left feet. You feel me? His his family's huge soccer fans, which means he hasn't used his hands in his entire adult life. You know, like, the shit that we put on people. Shout out to Will Compton and Rashad Mendenhall for starting this back up again, like making, making race wars fun. You know, when we talk about the sports. Like, last night for us. Hey, the Ravens, had, they, we are one. He did. He did. <laughs> you know, City Brock boys Brady. Up. Hey, City <laughs> Boy is always up. We, you just got to give us the angle. You just got to give us the angle. But no, uh, man, Bulls game was, was fun. Uh, good to see them get back on the winning side of things. Kobe White, cool down a little bit these last couple of games. I'm looking forward to seeing what the scouting report is going to do to Kobe. This month of December, 24.3 points per game coming into the game against the Hawks. Like, Kobe is at the top of scout reports now, right? Zach is out. Tamar is Tamar. 
and now Vooch is out. So your two scoring options now are DeMar DeRozan, who's going to have to hit tough shots. Like, that's it. There are no easy looks for DeMar DeRozan, ever. If there is an easy look, DeMar dribbles into a tougher look and usually knocks it down. But now, Kobe White, with his improved dribbling skills, his understanding of defensive coverages and what people are trying to do to him, and the fact that he's been going, you know, batshit crazy out here from the three-point arc, now things are going to be a little different. People are going to start to respect the game a little bit differently. Like, this is the punch-counterpunch that I love when it comes to NBA players growing into whoever they are. Because now, these next you know couple of weeks into the new year, we're going to find out, you know, Kobe wasn't sneaking up on anybody. This is fifth year in the NBA. Like, people know what Kobe White is, but this is a different version of Kobe. So to see now, going forward, he's all of seven. He's all for seven against the Atlanta Hawks from three-point arc. This is a guy who, who hit three or more threes in 15 straight games leading up to a couple of nights ago when the streak was snapped. So now we're going to see, you know, the physicality take place. We're going to see guys use different tricks on them. We're going to see people try to get them in foul trouble. Like, this is the fun part. You, you might ask yourself as a Bulls fan, like, what does all this mean? What is all this for? The little things, right? The season may amass to nothing, right? This team ain't going anywhere. This team isn't making any sizable noise. So now you're trying to find out what the dudes will be who are on this team already when it's time to win again. So now you get that Kobe White action. You get, okay, you splashed. Everybody saw it. Everybody's talking about you. This most improved player talk is happening. This all-star talk is that which I think is ludicrous. Like, there are way too many guards in the Eastern Conference who have had tenure and also have had astonishing performances. Like, you ain't going to tell me that Kobe White is a better player than Jalen Brunson this first half of the season. You know, Tyrese Halliburton, the, the all-star game is at his career. So he will be the host for the entire NBA. In no way in hell, they're not voting. First of all, his, his performance deserves it. Second of all, no way in hell you're going to beat out Tyrese Halliburton. Then you get to the Donovan Mitchells of the world, Darius Garland's of the world. Like there's, there's, there's five or six guys who can put their numbers up and say that Kobe White shouldn't get in ahead of me. But Kobe's going to be a part of the three-point contest more than likely, maybe a part of the skills competition. But this is going to be that fun part from now to the All-Star break to see what the counterpunch is that the NBA has for Kobe White. Because there are assistant coaches on every bench in the NBA who are assigned with, how do we stop this guy? Right? Maybe not a full game plan. Maybe not an entire scouting report. But hey, these are what I'm, this is what I'm going to pass off to our guards. These are the two or three guys you got to worry about on this team. This is what he likes to do. This is what he likes to do. When these guys are on the court together, this is what happens. I think this is what we're going to see over this next week against the Pacers, against the, the, the Philadelphia 76ers, and then they got a nationally televised game against the Knicks. And damn it, man, it feels good to, to, to know that the Bulls have a way that they should play. And those expectations are there. That Cleveland Cavaliers game, that game would have been talked about a lot differently a couple of weeks ago. But now that they're expected to win a certain way, not, not just expected to win, but expected to win a certain way, that those long faces were real after that Cavs game because they knew they lost a game that they should not. They had no business losing against a team that was all beat up they're coming off the same schedule you coming off of. They got the same holidays that you're getting ready for. And you got your ass waxed on your home court. 
in front of Jay Scarf for his first game. I mean, and that's criminal, to be honest with you, you know, even though my guy had no idea who the hell won or lost because of how much fun he had. But yeah, man, you know, it's good to see the Bulls get back on the winning side of things. Hell, it's just good to be back on the pod, man. It's good to be back with my guys. You know, Tony Gill, of course, Chris Sutton, and everybody's favorite Hooper in every open gym in America, Kyle Williams. Hey, it's Len Casper, the radio voice of the White Sox. You're listening to The Full Go with Jason Goff. The White Sox, they, 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 they signed Martin Maldonado. So, Sox fans, there you have it. There's your update on the White Sox offseason. I'm sure y'all, y'all are all jazzed out there. You know, we're in that time right now where I don't know which day it is. I don't know the date. Um, all I know is from, from around this, the second week of December, on it is free for all time like you can tell me it is the new year's eve right now and i would say you're right you can tell me it's sunday morning right now and i would say you're right because after christmas and by the way shout out to everybody out there happy first day of kwanzaa huh if you want some real entertainment and you know how we get down on this pod like we like to have a good time y'all can do the old sports rule all you want but Go take a look at the Atlanta Braves Instagram. The Atlanta Braves had the nerve to wish everybody a happy Kwanzaa. And boy, did the people in the state of Georgia have things to say about that post. Oh, yeah. Made up holiday this. Who celebrates this? That. Uh, uh, who are we talking to? I, I'm going to burn my Braves hat. Like, even the... Even the thought of celebrating blackness scared the shit out of all the Atlanta Braves fans. So, yeah, if you want a good laugh from now until New Year's Eve, go ahead and look at the Atlanta Braves Instagram post where they, where they wish their fans a happy Kwanzaa. Oh, yeah, boy. Shout out to Cobb County because I've driven through it fast every time I had to. Yeah, I keep trying to tell y'all there's Atlanta, and then there's Georgia. <laughs> they are two different places. And the Atlanta Braves fans let their voices be heard on that post. I'd be surprised if that post is up after uh, the first. No, they have to keep it up, right? Because then if you take down the Happy Kwanzaa post, then you're going to get the brothers who don't watch baseball mad at you. The Braves are in a no-win situation right now. Thank God they got one of the best teams in the sport. And, of course, the MVP and Ronald Acuna. Speaking of, speaking of MVP-type players, this um this Cody Bellinger thing is interesting. Like, we've seen Scott Boris's uh, activities before here in the city of Chicago, especially on the north side, how he gets what he has to get for his clients every single time. And the numbers that I'm seeing for Cody Bellinger seems like the Cubs are getting back into the mix a little bit. Like, you, you got a couple other teams who are kicking the tires on Cody. And, of course, when you got a guy who can play a, 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 a stellar gold-glove type of a center field and also a first base, the versatility of that dude and the comeback that he had. I saw something that he was, what, with two strikes? He, he hit, like, 725 OPS, which is, like, ridiculous. The, the, the two previous years was, like, 440 and 500, something like that, like, the dude had himself a phenomenal season, even with the injury that he had. So, of course, he's trying to cash in. Maybe this might be his last big, like, mega contract, so you don't want to leave any money on the table. But the, the Cody Bellinger thing is the only thing that any baseball fan in this city is talking about because both teams have sat back and done nothing this offseason outside of, of course, the Cubs uh, 
you know, getting getting Craig Council to come join the group. But Cubs fans ain't happy. And I'm not mad at them. Sox fans just quiet because we ain't got nothing to say to anybody right now. We don't even know if we like baseball anymore, to be honest with you. Like Sox, Sox fans are sitting here like, hey, uh, you know, we can you know what it is? It's it's when it's when your lady offered to cook that meal that you know she ain't perfected yet. Right. And we all been there before, fellas. You know, we know our ladies try their hardest and they do everything they can for us and we love them to death for it. But every once in a while they like to experiment in the kitchen. And you're like, you know, we can it's fine. We can we can order out if you want. You know, I'm not, you know, I don't want you to go through that, baby. All Sox fans right now, are like, hey man, you know, this whole baseball thing, you know, it's fine. We can we can sit this out for a couple of seasons if you want. Like I don't know one Sox fan who is enthused about this season coming up. Not one. Not one. And as we wrap up this year, you know, we may do a hokey year in review type of pod in a, in a couple of pods, something like that. But as we wrap up this year, I, I still can't believe what happened to the White Sox this year. And then this offseason is even more galling. Like, like you're going to have the shittiest year that anybody can remember in decades and then sit back and go, guess what we're going to do, y'all? <laughs> Break this thing all the way down. You know, Dylan Cease might be out of here. Luis Robert, the talks of him getting traded is still going on. And then you bring in Martin Maldonado as a catcher so that everybody can understand you got some postseason veteran presence in the clubhouse for years to come, even though it's a one-year deal. Like, I, I, I don't know how Sox fans are feeling, but I'm not feeling anything. This baseball offseason has been a complete dud, like top to bottom, even on the north side, as we sit here talking about Cody Bellinger. So, you know, that's been the scuttlebutt, of course, and nobody really, you know, nobody. there's there's really nobody jonesing for baseball right now. Connor Bedard is out here kicking people's ass, but, you know, if a Connor Bedard scores in the in the forest and no one's around to hear it, did it really happen? <laughs> you know, like, Connor Bedard is out here pulling off the Michigan goal and doing all the crazy stuff that he's doing. His stick handling is amazing, right? His hands are ridiculous. His shot angles are are um, you know, of that that I haven't seen in in you know a, a Blackhawks prospect, even with Patrick Kane. Like Patrick Kane was amazing, but what this dude can do from any angle shooting the puck is is never before seen for me. And yet and still, you know, it's hockey. And until hockey is really, really buzzing, it's hockey. So this uh this year, you know, we we're putting all our hopes on these last two games for the Bears and whatever the hell Kobe White and Patrick Williams have in store for us because uh, this, this year, sports-wise, needs to leave like, quickly and, and, and uh, expeditiously because there hasn't been a whole bunch that's this happened uh, on the positive side of things. I didn't even get your thoughts on the Bears situation. Like, the Bears-Cardinals, you know, we heard A.B. talk about it, but Bears-Cardinals, that was, you know, that was the Cardinals are a bad outfit, man. That's a bad, bad football team. Like getting 200 yards on the ground on the, against that. Like Khalil Herbert got his groove back. <laughs> like, we've been talking about Khalil Herbert not having his juice since that ankle injury. He found the juice and he found open running lanes. Like Lucas Patrick was out there looking like Ola Kruitz. Like it was, I, I haven't seen a team that bad. And I know we've seen some bad teams this year. And I know we've watched the Bears, but that is a, uh, that is a that is an also ran outfit. Like if if I'm Marvin Harrison Jr., all this talk about Caleb Williams and 
the the subliminals that he's sending about not wanting to play in Chicago or wanting to play for certain teams. If I'm Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm like, yo, don't send me there. Because Kyler Murray, you talk about a player that isn't ascending, but whose money is and who you're tied to for a while. Like, I don't know if there's a worse situation in all of football than the Arizona Cardinals. And that's including the Carolina Panthers. Because I think the Carolina Panthers, you can go ahead and say, hey, man, we screwed up. Bryce Young ain't the guy after next year, and you keep moving. Kyler Murray's owed a lot of money. And I'm not sure of the cap ramifications and, you know, how much of it is guaranteed and all that. But oh, this is the number one pick overall who not only has shown you flashes, but also has the distinct um, character trait or flaw, I should say, of no one wanting to follow him. And we always ask, hey, how good a leader are you if no one wants to follow you? Like, the stuff that came out about Kyler Murray last offseason about playing video games and not really getting into the playbook, that shit doesn't come out about quarterbacks you care about. Like, there are a lot of quarterbacks that people don't like and who don't do their homework in the NFL. And we see them on a weekly basis. They're just talented as hell. They're just talented as hell, and they get, they, they get over the hump or they win games. Kyler Murray seemingly has all these knocks against him, and people can't wait to talk about them, which doesn't happen with the quarterback position. So it, it, it leads me to think that not a lot of people in that organization or on that team really care for that dude. So now if I'm Marvin Harrison Jr., I'm like, wait a minute, y'all. I've done everything right up until this point. Like, have y'all heard Marvin Harrison Jr. talk? Like, that dude sounds like he is running for president. And he is already, like, I think, I think he is going to be one of those generational wide receiver talents. And when I say that, like, Justin Jefferson is, is great. Right? Jamar Chase, great. Tyree Kill, great. I'm talking about like Larry Fitzgerald and 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 and, and those type of dudes where we like, oh, that's a Hall of Fame, no matter what. That's that's a dude who's gonna get a gold jacket. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is that type of guy. I'm sitting on this pod. I think he is the best player in this draft. And I know you don't draft wide receivers, number one. I know there's two quarterbacks that are gonna go before him, but and there's a slam dunk waiting at the number three pick for somebody in the NFL draft this year. And I'll be damned if I'm him and I'm looking at that Arizona thing like, eh, eh, you know, because being the best player on the team and being a wide receiver, that is not a fun place to be. You look at Minnesota right now, you know, your man, Captain Kirk is about to hit the, he about to, he about, he about to hit the door real quick. Hey, you know, Kevin O'Connell, you're going to find out how much of a genius he truly is, but Justin Jefferson going to be out there by himself. That defense is trash. You're not going to have the quarterback that you've been, you know, successful with over the last couple of years. Like being the best player on the team and being a wide receiver is a bad, bad thing. And I think that's going to be the fate of Marvin Harrison Jr. there is on the Cardinals for years to come, unfortunately. Uh, going back to the Bears a little bit, Jay, uh, were you... I don't know if surprise is the word, but in, I don't know if intrigue is the right word, but did you take note of probably that the Cardinal secondary is probably one of the worst in the league and Justin really yes. couldn't get it, yes. get it in yes. over the years. And it's I, the worst passer rating is, that they have allowed yeah. all season long. And this is a and pro Justin podcast. And I was like, oh, man, that's not a... It wasn't good down the stretch. Yeah, I don't give a shit how much you love Justin. 
he scored three points against that defense in the second half. Like, come on, man. They, they, Tony, and, and I could be wrong. I could be a football idiot. I've been called that before. Check still cash to say. There's something that isn't right. And, you know, it's not like it took us 15 games to come to this point. And I tried to bring it up with Alex. I think he is all things gun shy. I think he is all things I can't turn the ball over. I think he is all things I've been beat up and, you know, holding on to the football. I'm usually the one that's going to make the biggest play. Uh, the moment DJ Moore's ankle buckled on him and the moment Cole Komet went out, that thing went to hell. We saw it look like what it was before DJ Moore and before Cole Komet started to ascend to the player that he's become. And that was with a running game. That was with Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert getting four and a half, five and five. That's with the big runs. I mean, you, you bust a 40-some-odd yard run, and then you throw a corner route to Khalil Herbert into double coverage with too much air underneath it. Then you got DJ Moore streaking across the back line of the end zone going, uh, going uh, horizontally with nothing but green in front of him because the safety had come down. Like, these are things that when the ammo is, is all loaded up against Justin, you know, the, the, the Justin defenders, or the Justin Avengers, like we are on this pod, nothing we can say. There's nothing we can say. Like, that was the game that you go out there, you put up your 300-yard, four-touchdown game, and you tell everybody to kiss your ass and don't spare the crack. That second half was atrocious. It was bad. And, yes, I know he's dealing with the thumb, and always, but guess what? <laughs> All the great ones are, man. Everybody in week 15 is dealing with something. Week 16, dealing with something. So that definitely wasn't a step forward for Justin. It definitely wasn't. And it could have been. It was trending towards it. I watched that game and sitting there, I was like, oh, look at this first half. Now, mind you, Lou Getze did, the, you know, his bonehead play of the day which I'm sure can be and should be sponsored by somebody. But the third and third and one, you go on Wildcat, and you didn't ran for 200 yards at this point. You got the best running quarterback in the NFL. You've got Khalil Herbert who's filling himself. You got that interior three that's moving those bums, moving those bums on the Cardinals' defensive line. And you go Wildcat? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, everybody can pack up. Hey, man, you know, it's, it's at the point now where it's like you, you pull up on the same fight over and over again, whether it be between your two boys or a couple that you know that keep on getting into it. Like, hey, man, I don't give a shit whose fault it is. Everybody got to go. Everybody got to go at this point, right? Like, Luke Getze, you know, tell me when it was, what, 24 to 10 or whatever it was that you didn't as a Bears fan think, oh, shit, it might happen again. There are three games we could we could point at, three of them: the Browns game, the Denver game, and hell, both both Lions games. But the real travesty is the twelve point lead with two minutes and forty nine seconds left in the game that you lose. It's three games that you could put squarely on coaching, squarely on coaching. That's why I want to hear it. Yeah, guess what? You might have ruined a quarterback. You ain't gonna get a chance to ruin another one. I'll tell you that right now. Like, Justin Fields, and if you was watching that game, Justin Fields, there were a couple moments where Justin Fields was barking over to the sidelines to get the play in quicker. Like, we still doing this in week 16? Come on, man. Come on. 
No one has acquitted themselves offensively on this team besides Darnell Wright, Cole Komet, DJ Moore, right? Occasionally, occasionally Deontay Foreman, who was a, you know, a journeyman running back. Shout out to Deontay Foreman, but you can get him, you know, in a different version of him at some point next year or in the draft. You got three people on the offense who you can say to yourself, you know what? Above and beyond. They played better than I thought they would play. And they, and, and DJ Moore is a, is a, you know, a damn good talent. That's a, that's a top 10 receiver in the league. He played above that to me. The fact that he stayed in that game, I mean, yeah, you love football more than I do, player. I thought that man's whole hip socket got ripped out. Like, that was a nasty hit. It's a na- getting rolled up on like that? Nah, man. That, that game had so little joy. I dare y'all to go back and watch that game and see even in the great plays or the fun plays or the productive plays. There was a play where Justin scrambled for a first down and, D- and Darnell Mooney did like a kid's tantrum. Like, like damn it. Like, like it was, it, like it was, it, it just felt, it just felt like they all know that there's only two more weeks of this left. And I'm out here taking hits to not go to the playoffs. That's what it felt like, right? Meanwhile, the defense is balling. Chester Jones out here looking like Warren Sapp all of a sudden. Montez Sweat come come to the Bears all of a sudden. Justin Jones getting fitted for his Pro Bowl, uh, you know, uh, windbreaker. (laughs) You getting getting fitted. They do Pro Bowl games now. I can't even say Jersey, right? They do the games now where they do, like, flag football and all that other foolishness. But Justin Jones is playing, like, Justin Jones has shown you if you get a real technique who could play like that for 17 weeks instead of four or five weeks out of the season, what this defense is going to look like. My man Kyler Gordon is out there throwing his body in every situation he possibly can. If he can stay healthy, you got like you got yourself a really good young secondary going forward where Eddie Jackson is the only dude you look at like, hey, man, it's been a real player. You know, all that Ed Reed talk was a little premature, I guess. And man picked off five, six passes three, four years ago. All of a sudden, we may have the best safety in the league. Hey, slow down. <laughs> slow down. Let's see these, let's see these performances replicated. Right? Jalen Johnson, gotta pay him. Gotta pay him. And then on the other side, Tyreek Stevenson and Terrell Smith, whoever, you know, whoever got less wind burned on them, you, you go ahead and say, hey, you're gonna be the starting corner next year. Because the nickelback is already understood that it's gonna be Kyler Gordon. So there's enough on this defense that we're getting ready to start this thing all over again, yo. Like that's the part that I think that's the part that resonates with me the most is we're about to have to do this all over again. Like Caleb Williams, if he is the pick, which it seems like he's going to be the pick, Caleb Williams ain't gonna come into the league. With 40 touchdowns and eight interceptions and just push your push press your Super Bowl button. No. He's gonna see defenses that he's never seen before. He's gonna see players who have all been the man in their conference on their teams in high school and college, all been the cream of the crop. Those are gonna be the third corners that you're throwing on there. Right? So that adjustment period is gonna have to take place. And on top of it, I mean the running back room, a little shaky, a little questionable. You got a journeyman a dude who got hurt, and Roshan Johnson, who I will say has not lived up to what I thought he would be this year. And that's through injury, right, through rookie growing pains. So you can't, you're not going to be able to lean on a 
I know this is going to cure everything kind of running game. You got a couple of uh, tight ends who you like. I think Cole Komet is a, is a good player. You know, man's in the middle of a career game, takes a helmet to the knee, has to go out. So this, as I sit back as a Bears fan, and a lot of Bears fans are like, yeah, get Justin out of here. That's fine. That's going to happen. But you're still getting ready to go through growing pains with a rookie quarterback. I don't give a damn how good he is. That's, go, that's... Go, go, back, go look at Peyton Manning's rookie numbers. Go look at Troy Aikman's rookie numbers and win totals. Like, C.J. Stroud does not come along often where you can just plug and play a rookie quarterback and win games. And when they do, things happen. C.J. Stroud got hit on his head a couple, day, a couple games ago and, and hasn't played since. Right? Like, it's a nasty game. It's a nasty league. Nothing is promised. So to know that we're starting this process all over again, and we're going to have to do this silly ass, you know, are you in the Caleb Williams camp or not? Like, all those things are getting ready to start all over. Like, I'm tired of the training wheels football fandom that I have to be a part of, dog. Like, I want it to take off. I want to be talking about the seventh and eighth and ninth year of one of the best quarterbacks in the league wearing orange and blue and, and the wishbone C on their helmet. All I've done my entire Bears fandom is talk about a young quarterback that eventually was not going to be developed and then get to talk about a, 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 a journeyman dude or a stopgap quarterback who has a decent season as you get ready to prepare to fire the coaching staff to get ready to groom another quarterback. That's been my Groundhog's Day life as a Bears fan. So for everybody cheering for Justin to get the hell up out of here, enjoy. Enjoy. But Caleb Williams is going to have to go through some growing pains and struggles too. Hopefully, hopefully it pays off. Because that's what I'm rooting for because I'm a Bears fan. But first two years ain't going to be pretty for him. I think that's the, the, the question, Jay. And that's something that I've kind of been mulling over is should Poles get that restart? Right on his timeline, right? He's making this conscious decision to pull the plug on something that he already kind of invested in. So for for me, at least, and I'm just speaking for me, not Bears fandom, but if you're making that choice to move on from Justin to draft a rookie quarterback, that timeline doesn't restart for me. This is year three. Like these rebuilds, these rebuilds don't take five years, you know, in the NFL. Like, this is year three for him. And he's already restarting something that he's already kind of gotten going and pulling the plug on it. So, at least for me, I'm watching how he moves this offseason, uh, in particular with the mindset of, look, if you think Caleb is that guy that's going to, where you have a better chance of winning the division, by all means, go ahead. But another top three pick, the next two years, that's that should be unacceptable. Well, the plausible deniability that we know will come into play, not my coach, not my quarterback, right? I mean, he can, he can, you know, there are variables and there are excuses depending on which side of the coin you're on whenever we have these kind of conversations, right? He's going to use those as variables. He's going to say that I had to take apart a roster that was full of cap casualties. You're in a bad place because of Ryan Pace. Had to turn over a 53-man roster in two years, most first and second year players in the entire league a couple of years ago. And then all of a sudden I gave you a seven and ten, you know, team, a six and eleven team. So 
I know what you're saying, Tone, but realistically, the way these things go, he's got enough cover. He's got enough cover to tell a franchise that hasn't won anything in, damn, 43 years now. Right? 43? 30, carry the one, 15, something like that. 30, 38? 38 years? Something like that? 38 years? Yeah. Winning, winning less games than this year should be expected then. Um, I don't know if it should be expected, but you shouldn't be surprised if it happens. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I don't like it, though. No, well, shit, I don't like none of it. I don't, I don't like, like the it. fact that I don't like the fact that Justin Fields about to be playing in Pittsburgh or, or playing in Seattle or playing somewhere. I don't like none of it. I don't like none of my Bears' existence as a fan. None of it. We sitting here rooting for defenses and special teams again. We caught in the same place we were 17 years ago. Now he got to a Super Bowl, but that's the outlier. The sustained success happens when you have somebody at that trigger position who can pull it. You look at what's going on with the Miami Dolphins right now. We'd love to trade places with Miami Dolphins fans. They got a quarterback they don't believe in either. Okay? At their coach. Yeah. Yeah, they got their coach, right? And maybe that's a Sean McVay thing waiting to happen where it's like, all right, give me my quarterback. That's enough, right? And this division, and when you take a look at it, your boy might, I don't know how uh, I might end up being right, but your boy might end up being right. They might be the second best team with a 7-10 record in the division. And, you know, no, I don't mean to shit on a, a fellow golf, but I'm not scared if Jared Goff continues to be the, the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. That team is for real. But that team is junior 49ers, like real, real junior, junior 49ers, where the limiting factor might be the most important position in football. Brock Purdy goes up against the Ravens, had a couple of tipped interceptions, but that one, that was Yaha time. So you do that in the playoffs, you get sent home. The Ravens feel good about themselves because they got a guy that they're going to put every, all their cards to the table and say, that man is going to make the right play in the moment that the winning time calls for. How many teams have that guy? And that's why we see these guys getting discarded the way we do. Because when we were coming up, I hate to be the old man here, but when me and Chris Sutton was coming up, you had a good 10, 11 dudes in the league. You know? Randall Cunningham was sitting there like, hey, y'all, I'm pretty cold. <laughs> when you had Troy Aikman and Dan Marino and Jim Kelly and Warren Moon and all the Boomer Esiason and all these dudes. Like, you had legit Hall of Famers across the board. Take a look at the NFL co- uh, quarterback carousel these days. Who legit Hall of Famers? You got five of them. Five of them running around the NFL right now. The guys who, if they continue on the trajectory that they are on now or with present work already in hand, the guys we talk about all the time, right? Game changers, not the game managers. No, don't start. Don't start. I'm not going to, next thing you know, I'm going to be wearing funny hats with, <laughs> with tuxedo pants and hoodies. Uh, shout out to Cam. There's a certain amount of confidence that that man has that I will, hey, I, I'm not a hater. You know what I'm saying? I love everybody's fashion. But that man be putting some shit on where it's like, you you did this just so I could ask why you wearing this. Have I ever told y'all about my, Cam, my only Cam Newton experience? I was in a club in Atlanta. Um, 
this is when Cam was with Carolina. And, you know, everybody knew Cam. Uh, Tuesdays, Carolina would tell him, hey, just close up behind you. You can go to Atlanta all you want. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in a spot. I'm in a compound, I believe. Um, and I will never forget. You remember when Charlie Murphy saw, said he saw Rick James and he had like a like an orange glow, like an aura? I've never experienced that in my life. But the moment, and we were in, you know, a little, little section in the back, Cam Newton walks in, and there are a bunch of people, and he's with a bunch of people, but he's towering over all of them. He had he had red pants on. He had this, like, this hat that was red, and you could just see the glow, right? You just, you just knew somebody was in the building that just wasn't normal. And I look over, I'm like, that's Cam Newton. He's one of the biggest humans I've ever seen in person. And I've been around Shaq. You know, I've been around... You know, LeBron during 2011 Eastern Conference Finals, where I was like, yeah, this dude is superhuman, right? That was like heavier LeBron than we see now, right? Where people were like, is he 270, 265? LeBron running around right now around 230, 235, 240, somewhere around that. Cam Newton walked in, and I was like, this is why he was the number one pick. You know, this is why he could take Auburn to the national title without another pro on the offensive side of the football. Like, we don't we don't give credit to what Cam Newton for a good four or five years would truly was. The man threw for four thousand yards in his rookie year. All that shit that we talk about, Cam not throwing the ball and all that. Cam was that dude, right? And if you want to get into the game changer versus game manager conversation, have have at it. But the one dude I'm not going to do it with is Cam Newton. Like, that's where everybody got out of their body a little bit. Like, who is Cam? I'm like, no, 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 no. Go, go take a look and find out who Cam Newton was. He's one of the best football players I've ever seen in my life. What he did at Auburn, like, Bo Jackson type shit, where it's like, oh, no, no, he shouldn't be out here with these boys. But this is, this is, this is something else, right? You go back and look at that Auburn team. Take a look at the names on that Auburn uh, offensive side of the football. Michael Dyer. I think was the next best player, the kid who had to transfer to Arkansas State at running back because he got in trouble, right? Like Cam Newton was beating the SEC, like the real SEC, not, you know, messing around with Texas A&M in there and this team in there, that team. No, no, no. The SEC at Auburn, at Auburn, and beating the shit out of everybody, 50 touchdowns combined. Then he gets to the NFL, wins an MVP, and we got the nerve to talk crazy about Cam Newton and what he wasn't. What he wasn't. Yeah, all right. If Justin Fields turns out to be Cam Newton, I would be jumping for joy, right? Like, think about how we frame conversations. We see a couple of years where a dude is not happy and not playing well and, you know, hurt, old. Like, oh, Cam Newton, who is he? Mm-hmm. Go, go, go run that film back. Go, go, go run back 20, 2015, 2014, you know? When, when oh, those, came, those, those first three games of his rookie year. Man, was like, well, how much did he run for? Like, it was 500 a game or something like that, man. Dude. That was cr- It was man amongst boys. Like, And plus, like, that team he took, that Carolina te- team took the Super Bowl. That wasn't the A team, you know? It's no. like, I mean, that was him. That was Cam. Yeah, he did have that moment, though. Yeah, that moment where the ball was on the ground. Oh, he had to make a fumble. He had to make a man. He had to make yeah, a business decision. Yeah, he had to make yeah. a business decision. Well, I ain't mad yeah. at him. Yeah. I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him. <laughs> 
It's Chicago in the house. Let me hear you say yeah. Yo, you listening to the Full Golf Podcast with my man Jason Golf. It's your boy Dave Jeff. Holla at y'all. Much love. This has been, what, episode 331 of the Full Golf Podcast? Shout out to episode 331 of the Full Golf Podcast. You can hear, still hear it in my voice. Still got the post-nasal drip, but I'm not feeling like crap, right? So that means things are back where they're supposed to be. I uh, want to thank our guest, Alex Brown, good on number 96, for hanging out with us, chopping it up about his uh, his visit to North Carolina as a, as a young man, uh, wh- what helped him get National Player of the Week. Alex is out here cheating, jumping the snap. Uh, his game against Tennessee, his five-sack game to put him on the map. And, of course, we chopped it up about the Cardinals and the Bears with Alex. So we do that every Tuesday uh, here on the Full Go Podcast. And we're winding down the year. So hopefully everybody out there is uh, doing well. Hopefully you guys had a happy holiday, uh, happy Kwanzaa, first day of Kwanzaa, as we, we uh, you know, um, recognize it here on this beautiful Tuesday evening. Now, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, this ain't, you ain't listening to it with your kids because these badass kids are out of school now. They're on break. So we got to find activities for them to partake in. Um, thank you to AB. Thank you to our production staff. As always, the shadowy figure that is known as Steve Cerruti and his beautiful family. Shout out to them over this holiday season. Shout out to uh, the exceptional one. You know, everybody's favorite Hooper. And coming to a rec league or an open gym near you to steal your girl. He is Kyle Williams. And shout out to our guy, the dad, the myth, the legend. Tony Gill, and of course, the Chief Vibes Officer himself, Chris Sutton. From our family to yours, hopefully the holiday season has treated you well. I know it's tough for some people in those times where you're thinking about people who aren't here or thinking about what the year has been or has done to you. Uh, Let's finish this thing strong. we got a couple more pods before the year is up. Uh, We will holler at y'all. Are we back at them on Thursday, fellas? We back at them on Thursday? All right, episode 332 coming your way on Thursday. It'll be after Bulls Pacers. We'll jump back in, get you ready for uh, Bears Falcons, which I know everybody out there is jonesing for, huh? Little Desmond Ritter versus Justin Fields. (laughs) You might as well just go ahead at the end of the game and switch jerseys, fellas. Might as well just go ahead and do that. <laughs> like Desmond, just go ahead and come up. What does he wear? Number nine? It don't even matter. He ain't going to be wearing it next year. Just go ahead and come up off that. You know, B. John Robinson, take a picture with Justin, you know, next game to see what the, the Falcons' backfield is going to be looking like next year. So uh, we'll, we'll get into all that. We'll see what happens. We'll be checking the, uh, the bylines, checking the news and notes as well. For the fellas, I am Jason Goff. Uh, thanking you for downloading this thing. Thanking you for following us on the socials. Appreciate all the well wishes, um, everybody out there. You know, I ran into a doctor's office, and one of the attendants was like, "Hey, man, I love the full go." I'm like, "Hey, brother, I am dying. I am dying in front of you. I really don't want to talk about the pod right now." So appreciate everybody over at Rush, <laughs> over there on Harrison. I, I appreciate y'all. Uh, shout out to Dr. Moran, everybody who got a chance to see me uh, quicker than I I probably should have been seen. Yeah, but. That's the privilege out there, ladies and gentlemen. You know, shout out to healthcare and having to pay uh, sizable amounts of money for it. So, and all in all, I got an inhaler. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, you're dying. Here goes an inhaler. Get your ass back to work." So that's why I'm here. Uh, we will talk to y'all on Thursday. As always, we leave you with this: take care of each other, be safe, and remember to stay sucker free.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with the Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat in Connecticut. one 800 9 with it in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York.